Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today live on the Master Instructor Roundtable. I'm Marty Miller with my here with my co-host, fellow Master Instructor, Miss Wendy Bats. Wendy, how are you this day after Halloween? Um, so good. So good. Halloween was great, by the way. And my kid was a big fat pumpkin. We put like one of those inflatable air things in there. So we didn't have any falls. We got a ton of candy. It was a really good day. <laughs> well, you know, before we get started, I did an unofficial poll on my coffee talk uh, earlier in the week and no shocker, maybe I was a little jaded and maybe I kind of leaned the question here, but the favorite candy was peanut butter cups. Just saying, well, stop it, Wendy. <laughs> I'm all about the Kit Kat, so, or right. what is it, 100,000 grand or whatever? Well, at least you're in the chocolate family. But let's let's move on to today's topic. So today, Wendy, obviously, I think this is a very important one for you. I know your schedule. I know how you burn the candle at both ends. But today, we're going to talk about something critically important. We're going to talk about sleep hygiene. Yes. Um, I was going through the deck and I was like, oh man, what not to do? And I'm checking all the boxes as we go slide by slide. So I know I wear a bunch of different technology at, at night. I, I have an aura ring. I use my Garmin. I look at especially my sleep patterns and you know, I'm just not getting enough sleep. And when I do, it's interrupted for multiple reasons. But you know, when you've got kids and you know you're trying to work and clean the house and do the things you wait for everyone to go to bed so you're staying up way later you're answering emails which is terrible to do especially when it's with work and you know when i see my data the next morning i'm really not shocked but i know what i need to do <laughs> i just need to that's my that's my goal in 2024 is you sleep more I'm, and work less. I'm going to hold you accountable because I've known you for almost 20 years now. And I think this has been a reoccurring theme. <laughs> but, you know, Wendy, you and I have both trained some elite CEO type of, of men and women. And I think you and I were going to age ourselves, at least I'll age myself here because I have a birthday this month coming up. But we remember when it was a bragging right to talk about how little sleep you got. People are like, oh, if you're sleeping more than four hours, you're behind and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we know and we maybe have to do a sleep hygiene part two on this one now that I think about it. Because when you look at, you know, the ramifications of not sleeping, there's a higher indication for Parkinson's and there's a higher indication for Alzheimer's and all of these other things. And then think about us trying to get into fitness and push the envelope and become better at, you know, in whatever we're doing from a phase of training or sporting activity. You know, we only get better when we recover. And the only time our body can heal is when we're sleeping. So I can say that I've seen a shift in the mindset. And Wendy, you know me, I'm a creature habit. The one thing I really don't mess with is my sleep. Yeah, you're very, very good at that. And I think this is when you said, let's do one on sleep. I'm like, you know what? I think it's really important. And I'm glad that we're doing this live. So remember, we are live. So if you guys have questions for Marty Miller and myself, especially around sleep or, you know, how to how to maybe better your sleeping patterns, uh, please put them in the in the comments and we will do our best to get to them before the end of our master instructor roundtable. However, I want to say as a trainer, it's also we've done multiple roundtables when we're talking about how hard it is to be a personal trainer. And I do want to emphasize this because this was a huge mistake that I've made, uh, especially in the beginning of my career, is I had, which is important, you want this financial goal that you want to hit. And if you sit down at the beginning of the year and you write down, okay, 
this is as many sessions as I need to do or have in order to hit this end bottom line number. And then you start to think about how many sessions that would be each month. Then you're going to do whatever it is to chase, you know, clients and get those sessions. So therefore you make that amount of money. I did that. And I will say, guys, you have to make sure that you make time for yourself because if you started training at you know, five or five thirty in the morning, which is what I used to do because I wanted my CEOs that had a full schedule and you start working that early, I would have to get up at three thirty, you know, shower, do whatever I needed to do and then drive to my place of employment. And then I would work from five thirty until maybe maybe noon. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a break. And then I'm done on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm done for the day. Well, then that ended up leading. Well, I can only come on my lunch break. So then they would come from 12 to one and then, oh, I need to come before my kids get off the bus. That was one to two. And then at that point, it's like I might have 30 minutes maybe to grab something to eat. And then I would start my afternoon sessions of my kids or whatever. And then the parents that had to work would come in in the evening sessions. And so sometimes I would work straight through from 530 in the morning or five in the morning until eight at night. And I didn't take care of myself. By the time I was home, I was eating super late. And then at that point, I wanted to go to the gym. And, you know, I was thinking about this. This is when you say four hours of sleep, that was a good night for me. And I just want you guys to think about self-care. Think about yourself. Think about the information Marty and I are getting ready to go through. But it is something where you guys have to start saying what's more important, your health, your sleep, or really trying to make way more money than you probably needed. And um, and don't wait until later in your career to figure out that it's just not worth it. <laughs> Yeah, right. And as we go through the uh, next couple of bullet points here, we'll bring up the objectives of what we're going to do. Please understand this is not only just for you. This is exactly what you need to speak to your clients about because they may not get the best out of their workouts. They may not want to come in for their sessions because they're running that same schedule. So, you know, lead by example, put this into practice, and then you can tell them how you accomplish this as well. So we're going to talk about the importance of sleep a little bit. I think, Wendy, maybe you and I need to come back uh, now that I've seen, you know, just the first couple of minutes. And maybe we'll dig into part two and talk about what happens when you don't sleep or what happens when you do sleep. Because we're going to get in just a little bit of that. Um, then we'll talk about the techniques that improve sleep hygiene. And then, you know, Wendy, you already hit bullet point three, uh, our sleep habits. And, you know, then maybe I'll talk about mine a little bit as well. I like it. All right, so let's dive in. So look at some of these bullet points as we go through and think through them about the sleep rule. And I love this, 10, 3, 2, 1, 0. And so what that means is 10 hours before bed, no more caffeine. And I can say I love coffee. I am a huge coffee drinker, but it's really important to think too, when do you want to go to sleep and then kind of backtrack? Because I, I do the same thing. I, I drink coffee until a certain amount of time. And then if I absolutely want something warm, I'm going to go to decaf and I, I am that person that's very sensitive to caffeine. So that is absolutely no joke. Three hours before bed, no more food or alcohol. All right. Make sure you make a, a note of that. Um, two hours before bed, no more work. Put the phone away. The emails can wait until the morning. Um, there's nothing that's that important unless maybe, you know, you need your text messages on. If you've got, I know I've got a and a dad that's in 83. So of course I leave my phone on just in case, but try not to look at your phone because again, one hour before bed, no more screen time. So shut off your phone if you can, um, TVs and computers, and then zero 
Do not hit snooze in the morning. Again, I fail, 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 fail. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to the snooze one, my philosophy, when we go through the next oh. slide. But, you know, Wendy, when I was putting this together, absolutely, this is not a me thing. You'll see the reference right there. I absolutely saw this, stole this um, from Health Hub. I thought they did a phenomenal job. So I'm not taking any credit for the content, but I think it's a key thing for us to discuss. So let's move forward and kind of dive into this a little deeper and talk about why these things are so important. So we'll start here kind of maybe with the caffeine. So let's move forward here. Oh, I know where, there we go. Okay, thank you, our producer. Sometimes there's a little lag. So Wendy, you talked about caffeine and we gotta be careful on where caffeine is. It's in a lot of things that you may not know. And real quickly, uh, there's drinks out there that sometimes sneak up on you with how much caffeine they are all, there is in them. And sometimes it's way more than a cup of coffee. So we're just talking about caffeine right now. Um, you'll see some of the, you know, pictures over there, you know, flat white versus iced coffee, espresso, green teas, things like that. But caffeine levels peak one hour after consuming coffee and stay at this level for up to five hours. I don't think a lot of people realize that because Sometimes they'll have coffee in the morning, then they'll have an energy drink before they work out. And then they'll have, you know, vitamin B12 and all these other things that keep things ramped up. So you do have to be careful of the total volume that you're looking at. So I found that interesting. By the sixth hour, around half the caffeine is still in the body. So it's not like it just vanished and goes away. And then that's why there's that 10 hour rule, because it'll take 10 hours, depending on how your body processes caffeine for it to no longer be in the body. And then, as I said, eating and drinking um, alcohol before bed can impact your ability to fall asleep. You know, Wendy, you talked about that as well. Eating late at night can disrupt your circadian rhythm. That's really what it is. We're not really worried necessarily about the calories in if, you know, if your calories outmatch for the day, but it does not allow your body to really fall into that deep circadian rhythm because your body's still working to digest and met met uh, metabolize food. You know, so your body's supposed to be shutting down to rest. So if you put it under strain, by eating or having caffeine by ramping it up, it's just going to make things harder right there. So those are just some of the simple things about caffeine and or looking at the alcohol or food before you go to bed. And plus you have to think about the type of sleep. I mean, I know Marty, mm -hmm. you know, every once in a while you might have a glass of wine, especially when you go to Italy or I may have a drink or so, you know, when I'm out with some friends or my family and I know when I go to sleep, I'm like sweating. <laughs> so, you know, I wake up, I'm just hot because my body is trying to metabolize that as I'm going to sleep because I usually, um, you know, we'll go out shower and then lay down and go to bed. So it's definitely not good for you. And if you guys have ever had those little sweats, you know what I'm talking about. They're not fun. Um, and I'm not talking about because I'm getting older. I don't have those sweats yet. I'm just saying. I wasn't saying a word. <laughs> I wanted to put that out there because we are live. So we're not there yet, people. I'm close, but I'm not there yet. So. I'm not saying a word. The only <laughs> ones that I've heard of is like when I'm with a bunch of my buddies and uh, we go to like one of those all you can eat uh what is it? The Brazilian steakhouse, you get the meat sweats because you ate yeah. seven pounds, right? So, you know, got to stay off that because clearly your body's not going to process that well before you go to bed. So for those of you just joining us today, myself, Marty Miller, and here with Wendy Batts, my co-host on the Master Truck Roundtable, we're talking about sleep hygiene, the benefits uh, or the, really the formula to get good sleep. So as we move into this, we'll continue on down that conversation. So, you know, we talked about work, Wendy, you talked about it. Finishing work or studying two hours before bed can help with sleep. 
the body and the brain need time to relax and prepare for a night of sleep. Think of how much, you know, anxiety and information and things that have come through. We need some downtime, right? We need to relax a little bit, disconnect. Yes, it's hard nowadays with phones and computers. And so there are some people who have jobs that they get to leave their job when they leave their job, but that's getting less and less. You know, um, I haven't had one of those jobs in a long time where once I left, I was not going to hear from anybody, you know, running a facility, things could happen at four in the morning or nine at night, or I had to do budgets and get to other things or somebody could reach out. So you do have to have some discipline on that. And if, even if you're speaking to your clients, Say, hey, guys, by eight o'clock, I'm putting my uh, do not disturb on, you know, so if you know, talk about your cancellation policy, things like that, you know, if you do not, you know, get a hold of me before 8 p.m. just because I want to be my best version of me for you the next day, I'm not going to get that message to the morning. You know, those are things to consider. So it's not just your laptop and phone that you have to avoid. It's all the screens, right? If you enjoy binge watching a series, you know, a sporting event, playing a game on a computer, you got to turn them off of hour before bed if you really want to go to bed. It's harder. I'm on the East Coast, right? So sporting events are later on at night. So there's a lot of times I'm watching it until I go to bed. Now, luckily, um, you know, the blue light doesn't seem to affect me as much and I'm a good sleeper, but it's still a risk of, of watching that. You know, it does allow me to detox my brain from an anxiety or stress from work, but I'm still putting that excitement and engagement into my body, right? Especially if my Buffalo Bills are playing, you're hyped up, right? Um, so, you know, it's just something to consider, but, uh, I think that the sporting events is the hardest one for me to have turned off, you know, other TV stuff. I don't, I don't get caught up in that, but did you not yeah. get caught up in the, uh, world series last night? No, I did not. Oh, I did. See, I'm telling you again, that is another way <laughs> to sleep. ruin your sleep, especially if your team lost. So <laughs> I, I could, I wanted both the win, so it didn't matter. Uh, right. But. There you go. <laughs> Those are some key points. Yep. So, so Wendy, I'll let you take this one here. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we forget about this blue light. You know, the blue light can do a lot to our eyes and to our brain. And when the screens, you know, it's reducing the production of melatonin, which controls your sleep-wake cycle. So again, when you're talking about the circadian rhythm, that anytime you have your computer on or you're doing something, especially if it's dark and then you're watching the screen, you're going to notice too that your brain and everything, you just can't turn it off. And, and then it starts to disrupt that cycle. And so when we go back and we start looking more at the, at the details here, you're going to notice that, you know, people start to also take melatonin before they go to bed and then they're still on their screen. So it's like, what is that doing? You're, you're taking something and ingesting it even though you should be able to produce it on your own, but it does make it difficult to fall asleep and wake up the next morning. So when you're thinking about blue light it's reducing the amount of time you spend in the rapid eye movement, that's the REM sleep guys is one of the most important components of sleep. It is definitely your shortest cycle, but that's what you need for cognitive functioning. And so I know if we do part two and we start talking about, like you said, dementia or any of these other, you know, diseases and, and, um, things that we're hearing more and more about, if we can stop this now and we think about what it's doing to us, especially in the future or long-term, it really is very important. Or if you have to be on, they actually make glasses now that are supposed to block the blue light. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it actually works, but I know they're out there. So maybe something to consider. No, I think that, you know, from the, what I've seen, I think it's a great idea and purchase. You know, I don't need readers yet, even though I'm over that age, Wendy. So I'm beating the curve. 
but it could go any day. I know it could just be like a train wreck where I can't see anything, but I know that people get those readers and, or their glasses with the blue light. And, you know, I trained an ophthalmologist before and he said, it's crucial. So my one son who doesn't need glasses yet, but he runs a business from his computer. He actually wears blue light glasses, which is, a, you know, genius, right? Because I have a pair, but I've never worn them. Well, now you will, Wendy. Jeez. Think about, yeah, I think about my husband. He's like, you need these and you need this. So I'm like, right. okay, great. Start wearing them. Start wearing them. Um, so no, it is critical. And I think it's just these little things that we can do. And Wendy, you know, I'm passionate about cognitive fitness. So we know exercise is the best thing, you know, as a, as a, a preventative. But sleep is right there. Like, you know, I, you know, it's 50-50 in a sense. Like, you know, you have to be active. You have to move. You have to do certain type of exercising that challenges you. But you better refill that tank every day. So those are the two things that, you know, I try not to mess with. You're very good, Marty. You are very structured. I'm boring. I'm structured. <laughs> so Now, this one I'm going to take because I've, oh. had this, I've had this mindset before I knew anything. So... I've never been a snoozer. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm not judging snoozers, but I don't understand I'm a snoozer. you. Do not judge I, okay. me. Okay. I'm judging you and only you. Only you're the only snoozer I'm going to judge. I don't get it. I would rather sleep to the very last minute, sleep, get up and go. The snoozing thing, it, for 20, 30 minutes, you're robbing yourself of sleep that you could have had. So I never looked into the research before it. I was just going by what my mindset was, is I don't understand. I'd rather sleep, 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 and then go. So guess what? My th thought process is right. So if you're hitting the snooze button and fall back to sleep, this is a habit you should break. The sleep we get just before waking up, Wendy, is what? The REM sleep that you just talked about or dream stage of sleep. So hitting that snooze disrupts this stage of sleep. And if the snooze button makes your heart race, it's a flight or flight response. Your body doesn't need this early in the morning. So my instinct was right. So Wendy, you are going to get better about a couple of things wearing your blue light or, you know, glasses and I not know. snoozing. Well, I will tell you this though. I think for me, it's one of those, if I set my alarm and I know that I can hit my alarm two times before I have to get up or I'm going to be late for all the things that I have scheduled for that morning. And so for me, it's like, Ooh, I'm, I, I feel like I'm kind of playing a little bit with, with myself by saying, Oh, I got five more minutes. I can just lay here and relax half the time it's not necessarily me that does the first wake up call it's my husband's alarm and he has one of those really annoying alarms because it's really hard for him to wake up so that's when my heart starts races or starts racing if, is if his phone goes off before mine or his alarm because it's that annoying like horn the you know and you're in deep sleep it's not good however that is the mindset that i have and it is terrible Terrible, but I've done that since I was in high school. I literally but see his Wendy, you're a science person, you're evidence based, you're gonna have to apply 100%. it to all areas. So now here's the thing. Could I see why someone would like to have 10 minutes just to relax in the morning? Sure. But I would if I was wanting to get up at six o'clock, I'd set my alarm for 550, not hit snooze, and just do that breathing techniques, maybe a little meditation or whatever it takes to kind of reset your brain for the day. So I think that's cool. I've seen people do that. But for the sleep part, sleep till the last minute, let the alarm go off once. And then, yeah, maybe lay there and do some relaxation techniques as long as you don't fall back asleep. But that constant snooze thing, you know, Wendy, we're evidence-based. We now have an answer. Oh, I, I know the answer. I just don't <laughs> <laughs> 
Marty, I know the answers to all of this, okay? Fully aware. But that's, you know, when we're looking, these these points I think are really important because, again, you can see where we pulled this data. It's an important part of every day in terms of how a person's going to function. You guys know when you've had a really poor night's sleep how bad you feel the next day. You're just groggy. You're run down. You actually have to drink more caffeine to try to see if that can help wake you up. And so we know that that we're going to be run down. We know we're not going to be functioning as good as we possibly can. If you guys have traveled international and you've had really poor sleep and then you have to go and be on and present and you're exhausted, Sounds you familiar. have to find, I, not like this just happened, but you have to like dig deep and try to find some, some, some energy in order to really be able to give the presentation or do whatever it is that you want to do to your best ability. Obviously, that's not something that you want to do all the time. And so just think about how you're feeling. And then that's going to also help dictate, you know, do you need more or do you feel like you're getting the right amount for yourself? But as a restorative tool, it's necessary for nearly everyone. I mean, think about their your physical ability, physiological and psychological. So it's we just talked about the importance of REM sleep, especially with cognitive function. We know that it plays a huge, huge role in and just our day to day. But then too, you know, if you're waking up and you're super dehydrated, you have headaches all the time, you were restless in your sleep, you have data to show how many points of movement you had at night. I mean, that all of that is really um, fascinating information. And I think really good information if you're starting to feel this way, but yet you haven't looked at your sleep cycle. Um, but sleep or, or lack thereof plays a significant role in your physical and mental health. We obviously know that. Um, but too, over the quality of your life, even your safety, if you're super tired and you're driving to work in the morning, I drive to work, it's pitch black in the morning, or I'm driving home sometimes at night, it's pitch black at night and you're exhausted. You make poor decisions sometimes and you're driving, um, or you could easily fall asleep and, and not just hurt yourself, but others around you. So you want, that's when we talk about safety, there's so many things to think about. Um, we know it as a restorative function. We talked about that. So it's it's very vital, especially for children in the growing ages. So think about their growth, the development, healing and learning. So when they say that children need seven to 10 hours, they really need 10 hours or more in order to fully get the um, get the sleep that their body needs in order to you know, be able to do these things. And then if you're sleep deficient, there are a greater risk of heart disease, stroke, high blood pressure, and obesity. So whew, I am in deep trouble, but I, I know what I need to do. And again, 2024 is right around the corner. So that is a goal of mine. I want to get six to eight. I'm going to say it on here. Six to eight hours a night is my goal for 2024. So we'll see how that goes. We'll do a check mid midway through the year, see if I'm <laughs> I'm heading down the right path or not. I think we should do it at the end of January, to be fair. So you have time to course correct, but just saying. All right. So start now. That's what you're <laughs> exactly. saying. Exactly. <laughs> so a couple other key points. And Wendy, I do think we need to come back. Um, you know, when I was putting this together, this was one I put together. You know, I was going down this path, but now that from the conversations we're having, there's so much more about sleep. And I think we can come back in a couple of weeks and talk about the benefits of sleep, how to, what happens from an exercise standpoint, all the other physiological things that we talked about. This was really truly more about your habits, you know, but I did see a number and we will come back with this specific number, but I want to say I saw like four to five years of uh, life expectancy, you know, and then there's a huge increase uh, for sure 
in, um, you know, age related dimensions stuff. So those, those type of things scare me a little bit there myself. So, you know, we will come back, we will put some work into it and get some more, uh, data if you guys like, so you'll have our contact information here in a minute. You'll let us know, but you know, I think the key takeaways, Wendy, is this is all about you. This was my way to really put you on the spot in front of our group. And now, that's right. You didn't, you didn't know it when I did it. It's always like Wendy's flaws. That's what we should start calling these. Wendy's flaws, part one, part two. We're on like version 20 right now. So. Wendy's human and you're just, you know what I mean? It just is what it is, but you're a great sport about it. And You, you know, know what, but I'm honest. And here's the thing. I am accepting responsibility. I've got no one to blame but myself right. for a lot of things that I do and lack of sleep. You know, I just feel sometimes that I need to clean the house or I need to fold laundry. I need to do things when everyone's asleep because that's the time that I can actually get it done without being interrupted or I have work or something going on. Yeah. So, but then you can pick on me about how like I schedule everything. So it goes both ways. But the key <laughs> thing here is, do you focus on your sleep hygiene? You know, do you just kind of go to bed when you can, or do you actually have a plan for that? I think that's critical. Hopefully you have a takeaway here that you can also talk to your clients because if you want them to be their best, and them to get the best benefits and them to age well and can be consistent with their training. This is something that you need to speak to them about. And it's, you know, so those are points one and two. And then don't forget the importance of sleep. All the effort we put in all day, whether it's eating healthy, moving, exercising, trying to take in information to become the best version of us. And that could be Wendy being the best version for her little guy. That could be me being the best version for whomever I'm working with is we're always better when we're well rested. So it does affect the circle around you, right? Like we've all had cranky people around us as like, you need a nap, you know? So part of that is, you know, don't forget the importance of sleep. And I, to me, I would really, um, you know, make a mental note, start tracking it and then try to adjust the schedule. So you get seven plus hours sleep. I like it. Seven plus. I said six to eight. So I got to. You're in there. You're in there. You're on the, the low end is the six. We'll start with that. But. <laughs> well, guys, I know that we were live today, Marty. We didn't seem like we had any questions come in. However, if you think about questions later on and you want to contact Marty or myself, here's our information. So you can email me directly at wendy.bats at nasm.org or you can find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13. Yep. And my information's popping right up here, dr.martymiller72. And then my email, marty.miller at nasm.org. So first and foremost, Wendy, thanks for being honest. Because like I said, you know, we each, we have struggles with different things. But, you know, I know that sleep has been something you're, you're always trying to work on. So, you know, it's good. You know, people think that we live in this perfect bubble, right? Just because we do this for a living. We're humans. We have the same struggles that any of our clients do. And it's always good to discuss it. So thanks for being a great sport. And for all of you that joined us today, don't forget to check out all our podcasts. You can download all the podcasts, listen to them anywhere that you look at your podcast. We have many podcasts here with NASM. And then also you can go to NASM's YouTube channel. So thank you guys so much. And we can't wait to see you next week on the Master Instructor Roundtable.